everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ventian Energy's Climate of Change podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Warby, and this is DEI Unplugged. Diversity, equity and inclusion unplugged. Well, we dive into real life challenges, the impact that these have on the individuals that face them and on the workplace. So we can help organizations become more inclusive. Daniel Stewart, a Senior Operations Analyst in our Control Centre here at Ventian, is joining me today for the discussion on men and mental health. Before we get into it, I want to make listeners aware that this episode will discuss in depth both anxiety and depression. And we understand that talking or hearing about these subjects can be triggering for some. The World Health Organization states that one in four of us will be affected by a mental or a neurological disorder at some point in our lifetime. And with male celebrities such as Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne The Rock Johnson publicly opening up about their experiences in recent years, it really seems that mental health in general is starting to become more normal to speak about. But in 2021, the Office of National Statistics published data showing that UK men accounted for three quarters of the deaths by suicide. So how can we provide support to people in crisis and get men talking more? Let's see if we can find out. So welcome, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I think we're going to have a really interesting and diverse conversation here. You're here to talk to us about men and mental health. Um, So do you want to begin just by telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do for Ventient? Uh, Sure, yeah. My name's uh, Daniel Stewart. I'm one of the senior operations analysts in the control centre stroke asset performance team. I say stroke because I've got sort of a dual role and half my time I spend in the control centre and the more health and safety side and in the other half of my my week I would spend in the asset performance side just looking at turbine performance, when the turbines are running, how can we make them run more efficiently and sort of when the turbines don't run, you know, if they stopped for like faults or things like that, how can we look at the patterns, look at the trends and see if there's any thing that we can look at with that, you know, are we getting a turbine that tends to stop more often with a certain fault, you know, do we look at that, get some proactive maintenance and we analyse the the power curves, we analyse the data trends, so it's, it's like data analysis and we look at just basically trying to create dashboards for the company so that the asset management team can access their data faster and all that thing. And when the control centre manager's not there, I would sort of step in and run the team. So it sounds like it's actually quite a, well, it sounds like it's a really important part of the organisation. I'd love to talk to you more on that, but obviously we're here to talk about men and mental health today. So let's dive straight into it. Okay. Tell me a little bit about why this is such an important subject to you and what your experience surrounding mental health and mental health issues is, if you don't mind. Absolutely. I've always been the type of person that's been described as I notice everything. Nothing gets past me, they would say. And I just, I notice weird things, weird patterns and stuff like that. And one of the things, as I was growing up, and I've I've often thought that see when a man starts to hit the adult years, you know, like when they get into adult 19, 18, yeah. 19, 20, they start to have to deal with a lot of really adult problems that you're often not emotionally mature enough to deal with. And I think that's what really hits a lot of men right away. 
They're dealing with a lot of these really adult problems and they just don't have the emotional experience to, to deal with it, to realise that life has peaks and troughs and everything is going to be okay. You've almost been living, I suppose, all of us have, in a kind of bubble up until that point. And it is like being thrown in at the deep end, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you really just don't have the skills at that point to, to yeah. deal with it. Nobody teaches you. And at that age, it's very easy to think that I will feel this way forever, mm. you know? And that that's a, it's hard for anybody to take. So I'm 20 years old, I'm not feeling good, and I am always going to feel this way. Yeah. So where, where does that take your mind? It makes you believe that, well, life isn't going to be very fun for me. And I think I felt like that when I was that age, and that's why it's so close uh, to, you know, a, a close personal experience. I, I really did feel like that. And I really didn't have the emotional intelligence to deal with it. And as I got older and I realised you can deal with it, you can learn, it's the same as anything. You're not good at it to the, at the start, but you learn and you learn to get good at it. And I would almost say that the more that you've been exposed to, the stronger your mind becomes. Because the social stigma is that if you're... If you're dealing with anything, you're in some way weak. But I would actually argue it's the opposite. Because if you've been successful all your life and it's never hit any roadblocks, how well-trained are you going to be when life inevitably hits roadblocks? So if you, hit, if you have hit a lot of roadblocks in your life, you've had to learn to overcome them, then when life hits roadblocks, you just overcome them. Yeah. And you get stronger all the time. And that's why I think... There's a, a strange social stigma that in some way you're weak if you've had a mental health issue. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can I can absolutely agree with that. And we were talking before, obviously, we started recording the podcast and we were saying that obviously this is a, an interesting conversation. But, and you came up with a really good analogy, actually, surrounding the gym. Do you want to tell me about that again? Because I think that'd be really good for... It really puts it into perspective, what you've yeah, just said. Absolutely. I've trained at the gym for a good 20 years now. And, you know, when you walk in on day one, there's nobody expecting you to be the strongest person in the gym. You start off lifting very small weight. And there's nobody that's, that's going to ask you to walk over and lift four plates on each side, uh, two plates on each side, you know, whatever, because there's a there's a, a very logical thing that would say, I'm not that strong. No. I'm not strong enough yet, but I will be. Yeah. If I keep coming back to this gym, then one day I will be that strong. And I think that everyone knows that that's a journey that you're going to start. When you walk into the gym on day one, you've started a journey. Yes. And you're going to get stronger every single day. And and that is totally accepted socially. So why is it then there's a there's almost like an opposite feeling for mental health? You know, we we walk into the gym on day one and for some reason we think we can go and lift all those weights and it makes no sense. When we get to sort of adult and you know, in when we're starting to get become more adult in our in our mm -hmm. mid to late teens, we start to sort of believe we are the finished article. And that whatever life throws at us, we should know how to deal with it. And it is just makes no sense at all. No. And that's why I try not to use the term mental health. I try to use the term mental strength 
because it promotes a journey, doesn't it? It promotes the fact that you aren't at the finish article and none of us are, and we might never be. But doesn't it mean that, and, and particularly for men, I often, and men in general, feel don't feel very comfortable of walking up to another man and saying, how's your mental health? They just don't enjoy talking about it because of this social stigma that it's been weak. But if someone walked up to me and said, how's your mental strength these days? Then instantly my mind shifts and I'll say, I'm not there yet, but I'm training to get better. I love that. I love that. I think that's such a good analogy. And I love that the change in the language there. I think that is a really important thing that you highlighted. I mean, obviously I'm female. So for me, I think I've had, with my experience of mental health, it's actually been slightly more, I suppose, accepted. I still suffered some of the stigma and I think that's that's partly to do with education surrounding it but where and the process of actually getting the PTSD diagnosis as well that was that was very difficult but I think in comparison to a male in my position women tend to be a little bit more forthcoming with their feelings and talking about it so it's probably slightly I don't want to use the word easier because it's never easy to talk about your feelings but it's slightly more accepted so I, I love that analogy and and saying that, yeah, basically men, are, they're, they're not naturally great at talking about yeah. how they feel. So for you then, talking about how you feel, was that an uncomfortable process at first as well or, or did you actually find it quite natural? I've probably always found it quite natural. Yeah. But what I did experience is talking to others and how uncomfortable it made them. Yeah. Because when you start talking about a subject that other people are quite uncomfortable with, people just tend to smile and and sort of use body language to say, okay, let's change the subject here. And I've encountered a lot of men in my time as well who are much more naturally open to, to talking about it. And I would even say that even in the last sort of 15 or 20 years, uh, it's absolutely heading in the right direction that people understand that they absolutely can talk about this and it's totally okay to talk about it but yeah absolutely men in general when you when you look at the traditional role of a man where we feel inside that we should provide we feel it's inside that we should protect so when that comes to anyone and anyone that means anything to us then that could be providing financially that could be protecting not all them, not just them physically, but protecting their emotions as well. And when you're in that role, you kind of always want to be seen as the strong one, because if I'm not the strong one, then who is? Well, it's the societal expectations that are placed on males, sadly, from the get-go. I think there's so much in the media and things regarding men's mental health or mental strength, as you say, yeah. at the moment, and. I think that's really, really positive. But the celebrities, I think they're, they're doing a fantastic job speaking out and, and raising this awareness. But I still think that we need more people like yourself day to day talking about this publicly as well, because it's very easy for a celebrity who's loved by everybody nine times out of 10 to come out and they will be accepted regardless to an extent, right? Unless they do something terrible. But for the actual day to day guy, it's very different. It's a very different perception because you haven't got that 
absolute sort of almost people would just love you anyway yeah. feeling of warmth so how did that sort of like when you started talking about it I know you said you felt quite natural and quite comfortable talking about it and you received that some of the reception from other people was that they weren't as natural talking about it how did you deal with that well for me I think the reason why I started to become comfortable with it is because I, I learned a lot about it I've always been a naturally curious person I've always sort of had the the mindset of that works that way, but why? You know, and when I used to see, no matter that I've seen some particularly mentally strong men in my life, and it doesn't matter how mentally strong you are, you are going to have days where you don't feel good. And so for me, just learning and being able to talk about it and, and make sort of friends and family members realise that this is not a weakness. This is... This is actually a strength because the more that you unpack it, the more that you look into it, the more you realise, and men generally have very logical minds. So when you look at it logically, it makes no sense to, to see it as a weakness. And once I, I've always been the kind of sort of friend that people like sharing with. I'm still not sure why, but... Uh, <laughs> it's because you're a nice guy, Dan. Uh, you know, what it's, uh, <laughs> but I've always been I've always been totally open to that part of, you know, feeling good is doing good. And I think quite often in society, a lot of people are really depressed, they're really anxious. And one of the reasons why is because they aren't doing things that make them happy. Again, looking at it logically, if you do enough every day that you don't enjoy, what do you think is going to happen to you over time? Yeah. It's not rocket science. No. It's really not. And we spoke about the effects on the brain and the chemical imbalances that can cause things such as anxiety and depression, amongst other mental illnesses as well. Um, and you mentioned the gym is a great way of increasing that dopamine that the brain might be lacking again that's something i can absolutely second with you i go to the gym almost every day yeah. but you also spoke about something that you do which i found really really interesting again i can relate to it affirmations yeah do you want to tell me a little bit more about affirmations yeah is the difference so first of all i should explain the difference between your conscious and your subconscious mind so your conscious mind is like when you've got your hands on the steering wheel and you're very conscious of what you're thinking. So I get into my car, I drive home, I'm very aware of what I'm doing, and I get out and I'm, I remember the whole journey. And then you've got those times when you're possibly a bit more tired, and we've all done it. You get out of the car and you say, I don't actually remember driving home, but your sort of autopilot kicked in, and all your motor skills remember how to drive, and you just do it. And sort of intrigued me. What what is that what's that autopilot doing? So in, in reading about it a lot, it really made me think or I really learned just how powerful your subconscious is. Because basically, as I explained there, your subconscious is your autopilot. So it will run your body based on what the narrative is in your in your mind day to day. So if you've got a really negative narrative in your mind, then when the autopilot kicks in your narrative in your mind is going to be, I can't do it, I'm not strong enough, I am not valued, and all that kind of stuff. So that's where affirmations come in, and just how 
unbelievably powerful they are. When you're sort of going to sleep at night, your brain's, when, when you're actually sleeping, it's in more of an absorbing mode. So prior to just going to sleep when you're drifting off, you're ideally wanting to listen to short statements that you can say like, you know, I am happy, I am strong, I am valued, and value's a big one. Both valuing yourself and how you see your value with other people. So when your brain goes into that absorbing mode, when you sleep, you want to reinforce the story of your life when you go into autopilot, and we all go into autopilot way more often than we realise. When you listen to that, you can just wake up the next day just feeling more invigorated, more energised, more positive. So for me, it really is life-changing stuff. It, it really is. It really is. And I, I can totally, I mean, that, as someone who also listens to affirmations as well, they have made a massive a massive difference. I mean, linking that actually to the the social expectations, societal expectations that are on men at the moment, those affirmations, they can really help sort of reverse or deal with some of those because you've got that expectation as a guy, like you've, you mentioned earlier, that potentially you've, you've got to earn this much money, you've got to be in this job, you've got to be married with kids by this stage in your life, you've got to be a strong man, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And your value is then, he said it's important, value is a very feeling valued, and your value is almost put on those things. If you achieve those things, that makes you a valuable person. So talk me through a little bit about those societal expectations and what you felt pressure-wise and what applied to you and the people you've spoken to as well, because I think that'd be really interesting to hear. Uh, Absolutely. I've always been really interested in apex predators and just how strong they are. Right. So for me, strength physically was always massively important. And that's why I started training at the gym very early on in my life. I think I started when I was about 15. So like it was always super important to me to be strong. That made me feel valuable within myself. And maybe other people would see value in me as well. And as men, there's probably something that people don't don't realise is that men walk about the streets probably wondering should they have to defend themselves or the people that they care about and it's something we think about often and it's silent we never tell anyone at the end of a a night when my family are going to bed I'm checking the doors I'm checking the windows because I'm always making sure that my family are going to be safe we've got a very risk aware mind Uh, we see risks everywhere and that can promote worry as well but I think I would always want to try and challenge the cliches in life okay so and I think this is what we've we've lost quite quite a lot because see if I was to say to you you should value what you have and not what you don't people in society would roll their eyes and they would say something like well obviously but I've read from a lot of psychologists that we all know these cliches but we don't live by them we don't I love what you said just there we should value what we have and not what we don't have because everybody is always striving, right? Yeah. You've hit the nail on the head there, I it, think. It is a very simple statement, but if you take a moment, take five seconds, ten seconds out of your day to value what you do have and what you and not what you don't or to appreciate what you have, to smile actually does have a, a shift in your mind. And again, they say that, that smiling instantly releases dopamine. Just that act you know, the, the movement of the muscles in your face. And there's been times where I just, I've been having a bad day 
and I've just closed my eyes and smile. And you feel like a warm feeling just coming over you as your chemicals in your body change. And it is powerful and it does change your mentality. And a lot of psychologists these days are just saying that we need to stop seeing these things as cliche and we need to start actually doing them. Yeah. I've, I've always tried to live my life when I look at the problems in my life and all that as a tree. And I think we all put ourselves up in the branches of that tree and we look at every single little problem. Yeah. We look at a million things that we can fix. Whereas you need to be thinking about it in terms of the trunk of the tree. The trunk of the tree is where the real value is. If you look after the trunk, the branches will be fine. Bloom, yeah. Yeah, you know, and if you, if you look after your core values and what you see valuable for you, then everything else will look after itself. We don't need to worry that we don't have the, the best car or the nicest house. Um, we really need to focus on what makes you happy rather than chasing materialistic possessions. I think that that's a really important point. I mean, if, if we take it back slightly, because something else that we spoke about before the podcast is getting to that point, it can be quite difficult. There are people out there, I know I was one of them at quite a few moments in my life before I got on the right medication and was having the right therapy where it was difficult to get out of bed in the morning. And at that point, you just... You can't see a way out and it's very difficult to think positively about anything. It's almost like you can't think positively because you're under such a big dark cloud that is just everything you do is wrong. So for someone who is feeling at that point and at that stage, what do you think that they could do to actually get out of that? It's probably a good chance. It's probably a good opportunity to tell, to tell you one of my f absolutely favourite stories from an author that I absolutely love called Johan Harry. So he went all over the world. He'd suffered from anxiety and depression his entire life. And he got to a point that he was on the maximum dose of medication. His doctor couldn't legally prescribe him anymore. And he sort of, like myself, had a, a bit of a moment where he said, I need to find out why I feel like this. I need to treat the, the symptoms, not the cause, you know? And, and he travelled all over the world. He went sort of 60,000 miles around the world to meet all these leading experts in depression and uh, anxiety. And he found a gentleman who was tasked with bringing medication to the doctors in Cambodia who didn't traditionally use it. And the Western doctor went to Cambodia and he spoke to the doctors and he said, I'm here to sort of give you these antidepressant medicines these are what they do and, and here's how you can prescribe them and stuff. And the doctor said, the doctor from Cambodia said, we don't need them, we've already got antidepressants. And the Western doctor said, I don't understand what you've you already got, something you take. He was thinking it was some sort of root vegetable or a herb or something like that. And the doctor from Cambodia said, well, let me tell you a, a quick story. We had a, a rice farmer working in the rice fields in the post-war he was working in the rice fields one day and he stood in a landmine, uh, which resulted in him losing his leg. After some medical attention, rehab, he found himself back at work a few months later, but he found himself crying every day in the rice fields and really struggling to get out of bed and all that. So the doctors visited him at home to ask, just talk to him. And he said, well, when I'm in the rice fields these days, my artificial 
limb hurts as it's submerged in water and and I'm just so afraid that there's going to be another event. So the doctors thought and they said, well, if we buy this guy a dairy cow, you know, if we buy him a cow, he could become a dairy farmer. And then we're literally just going to remove every reason he feels bad. So they bought him a cow and he became a dairy farmer and he wasn't submerged in water anymore and he wasn't having PTSD from the, the event. And within about two weeks, he stopped crying. And within a couple of months, his depression symptoms had completely disappeared. So the Cambodian doctor said to the Western doctor, so that cow was like an antidepressant, wasn't it? I think the message there is that although medication can absolutely have a great effect for some people, if you continue to keep the reason why you're down in your life, you will never feel better. Yeah. You know? I'd seen a very interesting thing said by a, a celebrity I love that said, depression is because you've been the wrong person for far too long. Okay, that's interesting. You know, it's yeah. like you're wearing a mask because there's happiness out there for you and you know what you should do to get it, but you just don't. Yeah. Because society puts you in this pigeonhole and, and you don't go and get get your happiness that you deserve. Yeah. So it all comes down to, again, changing that mindset, but also getting to the root of the issue yeah. as well. So to get to the root of the issue, we, we've we all heard of talking therapies. But again, as we touched on earlier, for men, that that's not so easy. Women tend to find that easier to go and open yeah. up and express to somebody. So what sort of strategies do you think we can help guys with or like not just put it on the guys themselves like if you do this you do this but people can show support for them to be able to do that so they can bypass the stigma they can find those ways to communicate and get to the root of those issues i think you know things like this for a start because men inherently feel like they should be strong for everyone they care about so Let's not change that mindset. If you want to feel that you're strong for the people that you care about, absolutely feel that way. However, let's change the branding on mental health and say that you're going to get to a point you feel mentally tough and you're going to go through some training and you're going to get there. See it as a journey. See it as absolutely not a weakness because it's not. It's absolutely not. Talk to your friends don't be embarrassed. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. And look into things yourself, by all means. Look at the reason we feel anxious. Look at the reason we feel depressed. And, and just understand that you're not alone. Everybody feels like this. It's just to your various degrees. Yeah, and I think that that's really important, that you're not alone. And when you talk to your friends or... I mean, from people who have not just spoken to me, but have spoken to, say, my partner, for example, one of his male friends opened up to him. And I thought that was brilliant. And I think guys don't always expect somebody to turn around and go, they expect, like, the banter and just to go, oh, you'll be all right, mate. Yeah, man up, all of yeah, that absolutely. malarkey. But actually, guys will turn around and go, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Do you want to tell me about it? How can I help you? How can I support you with this? And I think you highlighting that is really, really important. Yeah, and you can always tell what type of friends may be approachable and, and might not. And I think there's a role for everybody. You know, sometimes you need that friend that's just going to tell you to, you know, just make you laugh and take your mind off it. You need that friend. 
And then also you need that friend that you can just feel as if you can talk to and, and tell that you've been going through some stuff. One of my favourite quotes from a celebrity is, you know, they were talking about, you know, he's a bit older in life and he said, what do you wish you'd known when you were younger? And the celebrity said, I wish I'd known that this too shall pass. You feel bad right now. You feel like like your world is caving in. This too shall pass. You feel like you've figured it all out and you've got all the answers. This too shall pass. You know, what the message is there is that life is a, it's like riding a wave. You know, sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off, but it's okay. You know, and it's really, and that's what I was talking about earlier about emotional strength and intelligence and experience. That's all that really is, is to know that one day, really soon, you will feel great. And then one day, really soon, you'll feel bad. And it is okay to feel both. And that's particularly for young men out there, because they have that feeling that it will never go away. And it's very easy to keep yourself as a bit of a prisoner in your mind because you've got to allow yourself to heal. There's only so much other people can do, you know, but if you allow your mind to heal and to retrain some of those subconscious thoughts that are really dragging you down, you can absolutely see a brighter day soon. And I'm testament to it. I completely changed things around and uh, got out of that negative thinking and I've got no issue talking about mental health or mental strength because my mind is almost bulletproof these days because I know how to deal with no matter what comes my way. Yeah, I think I think that's that's amazing that you've you've got to that point as well. And I just think it is basically what you're you're saying is be kind to yourself as well. Like if you've if you've hurt yourself at the gym or if you've fallen over and broken a bone or something like that, we're we're kind to ourselves. We go, oh, like and you give yourself that that compassion. But if we're feeling a bit low, we're, even to our own narrative to ourselves is, come on, what's wrong with me? Snap out of it. And by actually going, no, we can work on this. We can work with this so we can get to the root of the problem, find out why it happened. And hopefully this exact situation won't happen again in the future. But if it does, I know how to deal with it. And it's okay. Yeah, and it's okay. It's okay to feel like that. It's totally okay to feel like that. And uh, that is one of the the things, particularly for men, they don't feel that it's okay to feel like that. They feel they're being robbed of their masculinity, almost. Now, men need to feel like they have purpose. Men need to feel like, why am I here and what's my purpose in life? And generally, their purpose is to provide, to protect. And if you don't feel that you're doing any of those things, you really feel that you shouldn't be here. You have no business being here. You have no business even being a man. And I think that's a really important thing to say. You have purpose. You have value. And if you don't feel like that today or tomorrow, then every day is a step towards something. And it's something as simple as see tomorrow... You wake up and you have a good day, okay? You wake up, first thing you do, go to the gym. You wake up, first thing you do is do a couple of press-ups, a couple of sit-ups. Before you know it, that day turns into two, that turns into three, and before you know it, you're miles away, literally miles away from where you started feeling poor and low. After a few good days, it starts to turn into a habit. And the power of habit 
is something I find so important as well because we're habitual creatures. We all have habits, but it just depends. Does your habits work against you or do they work for you? So if you get yourself into a habit of something as simple as I'm going to do 10 press-ups every day, that becomes a good habit. It's a positive habit. If you get into a habit of I'm just going to have 10 mindful minutes before I go to sleep just to try and reduce the stress of the day, that becomes a habit. I mean, even with the press-ups example as well, if I suppose for someone who's really, really struggling to get out, even if you did one, stop one press-up, yeah. one press-up, it will soon turn into two, It will soon to, and you'll, you'll feel those changes. And it's difficult because it, obviously for us as two people who've been there and we're, work, we're still a work in progress, I am still well a work in progress, but we, we've used and applied these techniques so we, we can sit here and say we know that these work. Yeah, it does work, um, absolutely. Actually, you mentioned something right at the beginning there, masculinity. I find that really, really interesting because when you first think of masculinity, it sort of comes, like the automatic is the big, strong man, the protector, all of this. But I can feel and I can see in the media that they're trying to change this narrative yeah. of masculinity into a sort of more positive masculinity, I think they're calling it at the moment. So it's including things like intelligence, empathy, coping with challenging situations and then challenging the harmful stereotypes. Can we talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, I think, you know, I would even probably say that masculinity... Sometimes it can be as much as if you've got a masculine energy, regardless if you're male or female, if you've got a masculine energy, you can be affected by these things, absolutely. And one of the, the problems is is we're, we're doing good work all the time, but if you're, a, if you're a young man, or even like you go through stages of your life all the time, I mean, I'm 42 now, and I notice things that are different. I've trained at the gym all my life, but as we age and our testosterone starts to drop, your physical ability starts to drop and that becomes hard. Maybe I'm not the same guy. Men lose their hair, they look in the mirror, they stop recognising themselves. I know that was absolutely a thing for me and still is to this day. The more I get older, the more I, you know, I lose my hair and stuff, I stop recognising myself all the time and I look and I say, I still feel like the same guy, but I'm seeing a different guy. And it's so important to say, these things will always happen. And it's okay, you know? I remember someone saying to me, never make decisions in your life when you're really sad or really happy. And because it's often going to be a bad decision. And that's really important for the happy side. Because mm -hmm. I would always describe myself as having a personality type as a introverted extrovert. Same here. Right? Because I'm generally quite confident, but I have like an energy bar. Yep. Where you have to sort of go and recharge and you just don't want to be around anyone. Yep. yep. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. And a lot of people don't understand it. So for a long, long time, I didn't understand that. And when my friends would say, oh, let's go out, let's do something. And I found it really difficult to say, I don't feel like I can are you tired? And I wanted to say, I'm exhausted, but not physically. It's my, I'm, I'm mentally exhausted. And then I would go and I would recharge by myself, put a movie on, just spend some time alone and I would be fine. 
And it took me a very, very long time to realise what had been happening to me. And what had been happening to me was so normal. Because, and it comes back to value, if you feel like you're odd, if you feel that you're dealing with something, and men are very good at pretending to be strong. So a man will look at all his friends who are all strong, strong in quotes, (laughs) they're all dealing with stuff, they're just not talking about it. So when you're actually really dealing with something awful, you look at your friends and you go, I'm odd, I'm strange, I'm not as strong as those guys, and I never will be. And it's that whole thing as well, like you're saying about odd, strange, and as an ex- like an ex- introverted extrovert, I'm exactly the same as you on this. And you're known for being life is all of the party. Yeah, come like they're the ones that are like going to be chatting away. Like they'll be starting the conversations. If you turn around to somebody and like this has happened and say, "Oh no, I I just don't feel like it tonight," they think it's weird, and they will say, "Why are you being weird?" Yeah. And so that sticks in your head. So not only are you thinking, "What's wrong with me? I feel strange today, and I'm odd, or I'm weird, or I'm..." yeah just completely gone having a moment if somebody's then saying that to you as well so i think changing that narrative is very very important and particularly for guys with masculinity flipping that a little bit flipping it and sort of changing the harmful stereotypes that there are at the moment and saying that masculinity is not just about being strong and protective and having that sort of like you say masculine aura around you whether you're male or female there's a side to masculinity which actually is empathy and it's talking to people and it's showing your emotions yeah and i think a lot of psychologists would say that you know in the media we tend to focus on what the extremes are what you know like when they talk about toxic masculinity Are there a lot of excessively aggressive males out there? Absolutely. Are there a lot of extremely emotional males out there? Absolutely. But if we speak in the average and we cast a wide net, the majority of men are nice guys who will really do anything for you. And that's, rather than focusing on the extremes, we should sort of say, listen, Guys are trying their best, just like everybody. And I would even say this to women as well. Why focus on the extremes? You know, like, generally people are nice. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a civilised world. People are generally nice. But I think we need to sort of start really breaking down those barriers for men and say, listen, and particularly for men in relationships, when we, a lot of men, when they look at their partner, they see an equal. They see the, the Wonder Woman to their Superman. They see that someone can fight the battle just like them, met them and, you know, the man and woman against the world sort of thing. So when the man shares, he's sharing with his equal and that's why it's easy to talk. So it depends how the partner receives that. If they sort of get, oh my goodness, I've got a weak man here, then the man will close up and you'll never share with you again. So sometimes for me and my my wife, Sometimes I'll just say something that's bothered me in life in general. And that's all I needed to do. I just needed to talk. She didn't say anything back, but I just got it out. And it was like a release. It brings me on to a really important point about one of the problems with men these days is we build stress up. We build anxiety and sadness and depression the same as everybody else. But it's those outlets to 
get rid of it that are missing. So that's why you end up finding there's a lot of narrative around angry men and there's a lot of angry men because they're like ticking time bombs because there's no outlet, there's nowhere to get rid of that feeling. And I think we can all be guilty to an extent of that because I know that I, with my partner, he's he's very good at talking. I'm I'm very lucky in that sense. But one thing I can be guilty of is and I don't know whether this is a female thing or just in someone who's empathetic thing, is you want to fix the problem for them. And I think it's important. I have to really, in my mind, take a step back and just let him talk. Yeah. Just let him have a rant or whatever it is and not try and fix it. Yeah. And I think that that's something really important, what you've just said, is having that platform just to speak, just to say. That's a really, really good point, actually, because generally speaking, a lot of psychologists will say that men inherently are fixers. And when we can't fix it, we start to question ourselves. I'm exactly like that with my wife. My wife is more of a get on with it person and don't sort of pick it apart. And over our time together, I've sort of had to adjust to communicating in a, in a different way. It doesn't mean it's in any way, shape or form bad. It's just that I don't need to fix everything. You know, I don't need to always have the answer. And that's possible why people have spoke to me over the years, because I will try and unpack it and say, why do you think that's going on? Could it be this, this, or this? And that was something that worked for me for a very long time. However, as I've got older, people are more emotionally intelligent. And sometimes, as you said, they actually don't want the answer. They just want to be heard, get it out, and uh, to feel valuable. Sometimes even the strongest mind, if a couple of things happen in a row, it's enough of a domino effect to just take you down. And on the flip side, and this is what people don't focus on enough, that that can happen on the other side. That can happen on the flip side with uh, positivity as well. So if you do enough good things, what do you think will happen? What's that saying where they say that if you have a good experience, you'll tell one person. If you have bad, you'll tell five. So inherently, we tend to focus on the negative, I would say. 100%. I think that's a, that's an important statistic in hospitality. I remember that from being a waitress where you literally, like if someone has a bad experience, they will tell everyone. But if they have a good experience, it's very rare that somebody walks out of the restaurant and goes, that was the best dinner I had in my entire life. Yeah. So it, it, it's the same in all walks of life, definitely. definitely. And it, it's like um, men when we're just chatting. How many men would speak to their friends and they would say, my partner has done this and she's not doing this or whatever, you know. But you're not going to, generally men won't come to each other and say, oh, my, my partner put on a really nice dinner, put on my favourite movie, it was just the best time. Men are going to be looking at you like, why are you telling me this story, you know? It, it comes down to that stereotypical thing again, yeah. doesn't it? Like, oh, you're not supposed to be enjoying things like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Necessarily. Or you're not supposed to think that that's really cute or nice or sweet. Or or if you do, you're not supposed to talk about it. Yeah, and let's be honest here. All men are really proud of their partners. They really are. They, they, they're super proud of them and they want to talk about them. They want to sometimes shout it from a, a rooftop. I love this person. I am so happy and all the rest of it. But... For some reason in society, we've just got to this point where it's like, if you feel good, tell no one. Mm. You know, like, if I was to get five men in a room and I was to say to them, tell me something good, 
And it's something I've really tried to promote in my sons and say, I said to them, we were sitting the other night and I just said to them, I want you both to say something you like about each other because they'd been fighting a lot that day. And they're twins, so they spend a lot of time together. And one of them said, I love the fact that my brother's really kind. And the other said, I love the fact that my brother makes me laugh. And it, their whole mindset just shifted and they gave each other a big cuddle. And it was almost like they were like, I, can't, I didn't know you thought that. That's so cute as You know, well. and, and it's an important point for men because I always try and make an effort to say to my friends, I think you're this and it will always be a good thing because they might not know. Yeah. Yeah, so it's giving that compliment and that positive feedback to people, even if they're not asking for it. It's just, it's, it's being that positive pillar yeah. for somebody else. So you talked a little bit about your relationships and the impact that mental health can have on those relationships. Now, we, we know you work at Ventiant. Mm-hmm. We sort of touched on that right at the beginning, if sure. you can remember. <laughs> it seems like it was a while ago now. But um, <laughs> we've had such an interesting conversation. But those relationships at work and working with your anxiety, and obviously we both said it's still a work in progress, how has that impacted your work life? Well, again, it goes back to that, it being okay to have bad days, you know, to know that, because when I grew up, I always wanted to be a perfectionist. Everything had to be the best. And as you get older and you manage a lot of different things, you're managing home life, you're managing work life. And it's to realise that I'm not the best right now. And that's okay, because one day I will be. One day I'll be at a point where I'm really happy with what I offer. And I think that's really important to not value yourself based on what other people think, to value yourself based on what you believe you bring to the conversation. And as I'd sort of touched on earlier, when I you know, came from that working class background and it was insane to me to even picture one day that I would be mixing it up with engineers and being able to hold a conversation and all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, but that's all that you have to do. Now, did one day I wake up and just start being able to talk like that and hold those conversations? No. I built it up slowly but surely every day. And I think that's a really important point is to just make sure that you're always moving forward because stagnation hurts. So by all means, speak to your colleagues and don't be afraid. If your colleagues say something like, really struggling right now, like I'm feeling as if I'm I can't figure this out. Everybody else seems to be figuring it out. Share a story. Say, I remember when I couldn't figure it out. I always try and do that. I always try and tell them a time that I also didn't figure it out. And I remember when I did that and I felt bad, you know, like... Making people feel like they're not alone in this. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is, that's so powerful because it doesn't matter from the CEO of a company, you know, to the opposite end everybody feels and has days where they just feel like they don't deserve to be in the position they're in, you know, and and they don't have the answer and they can maybe feel stupid for not knowing the answer and all that, you know, and someone says, how do you feel about this topic? And if I don't know the answer, I think it's important to be honest and say, I don't know that answer, but you can believe I'll find out. And do you know what? There's something that we all do as well, I think we're all guilty of, is if we don't know the answer and we want to ask a question, I always, and I'm very good at this, oh, this might seem like a stupid question. Why is it? A, why? Why do I feel the need to put that in front of a question as yeah. well? 
I always said that when I was training people. I've trained quite a lot of people over the years because I really enjoy it. And I've always said to them right at the start, there's no stupid questions you can ask me. And I want you to ask everything, no matter what. Because what makes sense to me, because I've been here a long time, might not make sense to you at the start. So let's get our foundation right. And I've always said, you've got to learn a good foundation and then you can only build on it. If you have a rubbish foundation, you cannot build on that. And it's just important to sort of disarm each other a little bit and say, listen, no matter what, no matter what the topic, it is okay to admit that you don't know it. And it's okay to admit that you don't feel good. It's okay to admit that you do feel good. You know, let's reinforce each other and build each other up rather than, you know, again, one of those psychologists said that one of the main causes of depression in people is the feeling of being alone. You can be around people and feel alone. And one of the least depressed people in the world are people that are surrounded by others often. It's not just you, we are we. That's probably one of the reasons I've worked at Ventient for as long as I have, because I really love who I work with. They're just great people, you know, and and it doesn't matter who you speak to. It's always an interesting conversation and... And you just never feel judged or anything like that. You know, you feel that you can be completely open. And I think as well, Ventient, we're really lucky here. I don't know, I don't think everybody has the same benefits that we have at this company, but we have the mental health services that we can call on. And we have support from our managers and mental health within the workplace here is is spoken about and it's encouraged to be spoken about. But sadly, not everybody, I, I guess, has that sort yeah. of ability and it can really impact the way that they work and even going to work sometimes as well. I think, you know, if you're a, a man and really casting a wide net here, if you're inherently got a mindset that I need to be strong from the start and it's weak to seek help, if that's the narrative of all men, or at least generally, then where do you think over a long time that that person's mind's going to end up. It is going to end up feeling down, feeling devalued. And that's why all men know this. Most men know this. So we need to open the conversation and say, like I would often check in on work colleagues and just said, again, with that noticing thing that I tend to do, I've noticed that you've been a wee bit upset recently. Is everything okay? And they'll just maybe share and say, oh, do you know what, I've been dealing with a wee bit of something at home. And I'll just say, listen, whatever you need, you know, you've got it. Just if you even just want to chat, just I'll just listen. And at the end, sometimes at the end of it, and I, and I think it's important to have a to make that conversation two way as well, because if I am always portraying myself as the helper who never feels down, then that also doesn't work. So it's important to share an experience and say, listen, I remember when I felt like that. And the only reason I'm in the position I am today is because I took that first step and now I'm on step like five million and it's unbelievably important just to know to take that first step. It's just one and then it leads on to two and three, but just take the first one. Take the first one to getting yourself to a point where you feel happy to be alive again. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think it's letting people know, guys in general as well, who can't share that everything will be okay everything will be okay yeah absolutely 
because it will it absolutely will and you've got to imagine it like making your mind stronger that's the way you absolutely have to imagine that that's what you're doing with every thing that happens to you in your life you're learning how to overcome it and then something else will happen and you're going to learn to overcome it and it is like a journey please never think that you're the finished article and please never think that if something bad happens to you, that it's not happened a million times to before to a million different people. And there's nothing weak about admitting that. And that's a, a common thing, a common issue that men have is to get to that point of, I, I need to admit that I don't feel okay. And as long as you've got people to speak to, as long as you've got, and that's probably one of the great things about the internet these days, because people can search for answers and still feel like they can do it privately. So they can get some answers and stuff like that, but never doubt the ability of people that have done this day in and day out, that have actually studied to do this. They have seen what you're going through before a million times, and they do and likely will have the answer. No, that's that's been brilliant, Daniel. I think we're going to have to wrap it up there, no sadly. Problem. I mean, from an absolute personal perspective, I could talk about this with you all day. This yeah. has been absolutely fascinating. And thank yeah, you. really, really, no, thank you. Thank you for such an informative and uh, insightful discussion. So thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you again for listening to this episode of DEI Unplugged. Firstly, I will say thank you again to Daniel for speaking so openly about a sensitive subject and allowing me to really deep dive into his experiences. Daniel has spoken about the strategies he has implemented to improve his situation both at work and at home, and how Ventient's inclusive and open culture has allowed him a safe space to recover. We know not everyone is in the same position and won't be able to implement these strategies easily. Men in particular still have a lot of stigma surrounding their mental health. But like Daniel said, there is support out there. For example, charities such as Man Health and Man Up are there to provide support to men who are struggling. Do remember though, regardless of your gender, if you or someone you know is feeling like they could do with some support, please do reach out to the Samaritans or charities such as Mind UK. There is always help available. If you're interested in hearing more about this topic or any of the other topics discussed in DEI Unplugged, or you just want to hear more about Ventian in general, then please do get in touch. You can reach us via Twitter, LinkedIn, or pop something in the comments. And don't forget, if you've enjoyed listening, you can like, subscribe, and please do share with everyone you know. I've been Nikki Warby, and thanks again for listening. <laughs>